have had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Galatians, for or against Torah. This is part seven of the series. So in the Messianic era, the God of Israel will require circumcised heart and circumcision of the flesh. And once again, this is why in Galatians chapter 2 verse 3 that Titus, who was with Paul, being a non-Jew, was compelled to be circumcised. So Titus did not make a conversion to rabbinic Judaism. And when he was born, he was not circumcised because Titus is a non-Jewish believer in Yeshua. And by being a believer, he he was circumcised in the heart and he was living in a time of exile and so therefore it's a lower level of holiness than the messianic era and as a result according to the torah according to the example of the children of israel when they were in the wilderness that's our torah example that paul did not compel titus to get circumcised because he was a non-jew who lived in exile outside the land of israel and so given that peter's ministry was to share yeshua to the Jews, Peter is going to have this dilemma as well as he's trying to share Yeshua with the Jews, that the Jews who don't believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, they're trying to follow the Torah according to the teachings of the rabbis, rabbinic Judaism, or following the oral Torah and submitting themselves to the authority of the rabbis rather than Peter being a disciple of Yeshua, being learned of Yeshua, where and we see in Matthew chapter 15 verses 1 and 2 that Yeshua taught his disciples including Peter to not follow the Torah according to the teachings of rabbinic Judaism that Peter had a struggle with this issue as he was trying to teach Yeshua to Jews who didn't believe in Yeshua that's why we have the issue that Paul had with Peter in Galatians chapter 2 verses 11 and 12 as it is written when Peter was come to Antioch I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed for before that certain came from James he ate with the Gentiles that Peter when he was with the non-Jews he ate with them but when they were come that is Jews who would see Peter eating with non-Jews that when they were come that Peter withdrew and separated himself from eating with the Gentiles, fearing them which were of the circumcision, or fearing 
hearing what the Jews would think of Peter by eating with non-Jews. So we can see that Peter had a problem with this issue from looking at then what's going on in Acts chapter 10. And so in Acts chapter 10 verses 1 and 2, it says there was certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. So Cornelius is a non-Jew. And it says he's a devout man and one that feared God with all of his house. What does it mean that Cornelius is devout in one that feared God? Well, from the book, The Messianic Idea in Israel by Joseph Klausner, on page 479, he explains that in the Tanaic period, there was a large group of what the rabbis called semi-proselytes or half-proselytes. And these people were called devout ones, fearers, God-fearers, worshipers of God. And they are mentioned a number of times in the Acts of the Apostles and also in the works of Josephus. These God-fearers appropriated only the loftier ideas of Judaism, such as monotheism and the ethics of the prophets. Most of them kept the Sabbath and refrained from eating swine's flesh or pig, but they did not observe the numerous ritual rules of Pharisaic Judaism. In other words, the devout ones and fears of God, they sought to follow the Torah, but they did not submit themselves to rabbinic authority and the teachings of the rabbis. And so now Cornelius is instructed by an angel to send men to Peter. Acts chapter 10, verse 3 and verses 5 and 6. And he saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying, Cornelius, now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodges with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He will tell you what you ought to do. Acts chapter 10, verses 7 and 8. And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, in other words, one that's seeking to follow the Torah, but not according to the interpretation of the rabbis and without submitting to rabbinical authority. And they waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things, he sent them to Joppa. So Cornelius sends three people to see Peter. So while this is happening, Peter has a vision while he's praying. Acts chapter 10 verses 9 and 10. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and he would have eaten. But while they were preparing something to eat, that Peter fell into a trance. In Acts chapter 10 verse 11, and he saw heaven opened in a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let it down to the ground. So what is this great sheet that is knit at the four corners? It is actually going to be associated with a tallit that is knit on the four corners. And so now in this vision, Peter sees unclean animals. Acts chapter 10 verse 12, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And then in Acts chapter 10 verse 13, in this vision, there came a voice to him saying, rise, Peter, kill and eat. So if you're just reading this casually, if you do not 
have a Torah background, you're going to get the impression by what is stated and how you would read this literally that Peter is being told to eat unkosher, to eat things that are biblically unclean. But let's understand what's happening here from a Torah-based perspective. So Peter is told to kill and eat. So if we look at this word kill in the Greek, it's the Strong's number 2380 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary. It's the Greek word thuo, and it means to sacrifice. It means to slay, or it can be associated with killing the Passover lamb. It means to sacrifice or to slaughter. So let's take this Greek word and put it back into its Torah context. In Genesis, in chapter 31, verse 54, we see that Jacob offered sacrifice, which means he had to kill an animal, and he called his brethren to eat. And so sacrificing is killing an animal, and then the outcome is you're going to have a meal with somebody. Now, this word sacrifice is the Hebrew word zabak, and it's the Strong's number 2077 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. And zabak means a sacrifice or a covenant sacrifice. And so notice once you do the killing that you're going to eat a meal with somebody else. That's why it says in Acts chapter 10 verse 13, Peter is told to kill Zabak and then eat. And so then in Leviticus chapter 3 in verse 1, it says, if his oblation be a sacrifice. Now this word oblation is the Strong's number 7133 in the Strong's Hebrew dictionary. It's the Hebrew word Korban. Korban means an offering, and it comes from the Hebrew word karav, and it is 7126. It means to come near or to approach. So if you are making an offering to come near, and so it's to come near to God, to draw near to God, and so if you're making a korban to come near to God, and if it is a sacrifice, a zabak, so if you're trying to come near to God and it is a sacrifice, which means you're going to kill an animal. So we're going to connect Acts chapter 10 verse 13 to Leviticus chapter 3 verse 1, where Peter was told to kill and eat. Now in Leviticus chapter 3 verse 1, it says that if your korban to draw near be a zabak, and it's a peace offering. Peace offering is the Strong's number 8002, and it is the Hebrew word shalem, which means a peace offering. And the definition of a peace offering is a sacrifice for alliance or friendship. So if you're going to draw near to God by killing an animal, making a sacrifice, and then you're going to have a meal, and the purpose of it is an alliance or friendship, then it goes on to say in Leviticus chapter 3 verses 2 and 3, that he shall lay his hand upon the head of his offering and kill it. And he will offer the sacrifice of the shalem, the peace offering, and offering made by fire unto the Lord. And so this is the Torah background of what Peter is being instructed to do is to kill and eat and it's for the purpose of having a sacrifice for alliance or friendship. And who's this friendship to be with? It's to have table fellowship with a non-Jew who is devout and a God-fearer who believes in the God of Israel and is seeking to follow his Torah but not 
according to how it's taught by the rabbis or be submitted to their authority. And so as he's initially having this vision, he's looking at it literally instead of the spiritual meaning that he's being told. And that's why Peter responds in Acts chapter 10, verse 14. Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And then in Acts chapter 10, verses 15 and 16, and the voice spake unto him again the second time, what God has made clean, do not call common. And then this happened three times. And the vessel was received up again unto heaven. So why was this done three times? Because there was three men that was going to come to see Peter. And each time represented a non-Jewish person that was going to see Peter. Now, Acts chapter 10, verse 17. And while Peter doubted in himself what this vision, which he had seen, should mean, why did he doubt? Because he initially was looking at it literally. And literally, he knew that in being a Torah follower of Yeshua and being taught by Yeshua to follow his Torah, that he's not to eat anything that the Torah defines as being unclean. Now, in Acts chapter 10, verse 19, while Peter thought on the vision or was trying to understand what it meant, the Spirit said to him, three men seek you. And so it was said to him three times and not three men seek you. So the three times he was told to eat, is going to represent the three men that is going to come see him. And Acts chapter 10 verse 20, arise, get you down and go with them doubting nothing. So why would he doubt? Because according to the teaching of the rabbis that you, if you are a Jew, you are not to eat with a non-Jew because they may serve you food that is unkosher. So the rabbis stated that you, if you were a Jew, and followed their teachings that you shouldn't even eat with a non-Jew. And since Peter was challenged with being around Jews that didn't believe in Yeshua as the Messiah, that he had this issue about eating with non-Jews. And as Paul rebuked him in Galatians, that as long as there was no Jews around, he would eat with non-Jews. But as soon as the Jews showed up, then he didn't want to be seen eating with non-Jews. And so Peter's attitude toward the non-Jew represents the teachings of rabbinic Judaism. In Acts chapter 10 verse 21, then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he whom you seek. What is the cause wherefore you are come? Why are you here to see me? And then in Acts chapter 10 verse 28, he said unto them, You know. So Peter is telling the non-Jews who's coming to see him. You know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or to come into one of another nation or to eat with someone who is not Jewish. So Peter says it's unlawful for a Jew to eat with a non-Jew. It's not unlawful for a Jew to eat with a non-Jew, particularly if the non-Jew believes in the God of Israel and is a God-fearer and devout and seeks to follow the Torah of the God of Israel, showing that the Torah 
is written upon his heart that he has a circumcised heart, it's okay to eat with someone like that. But why does Peter say it's unlawful? Well, it was unlawful according to the teachings of the rabbis. It was a violation of rabbinical oral law. And so Peter is not thinking according to and, and acting according to what Yeshua had taught him, as we can see in Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, because he's trying to share Yeshua with Jews who don't believe in Yeshua, and they believe that the proper way to follow the Torah is how they're being taught by the rabbis, then Peter is being influenced by being in this situation. And so the reason why he said it's an unlawful thing is because the rabbis teach that you should put a fence around the Torah to protect that you would keep the commandments of the Torah. We can see this in Pirkei Avot, which is the sayings of the fathers, chapter 1, verse 1, where it says, Moses received the Torah from Sinai and transmitted to Joshua. So this is the Orthodox Jewish rabbinic Judaism explanation for seeing the Torah through the eyes of the oral law. They explain that Moses received the Torah from Sinai and transmitted it to Joshua. Joshua transmitted it to the elders, the elders to the prophets, and the prophets transmitted it to the men of the great assembly. And they, that is the men of the great assembly, said three things. Be deliberate in judgment, raise many students, and make a protective fence for the Torah. So that a Jew is to not eat with a non-Jew is a rabbinical fence that the rabbis put up that because you're supposed to follow the halakhic authorities, follow the teachings of the rabbis, because the rabbis teach that their rulings come from God. So therefore, in rabbinic Judaism, if you're doing what God says, and if you're a Jew, you won't eat with a non-Jew. And that's why Peter said to the non-Jews who came to see him, it's an unlawful thing, according to the rabbis, but not according to the written Torah and the Torah that Yeshua gave to Moses at Mount Sinai. So that there is a rabbinical fence for Jews for not associating with non-Jews in general, but not to eat with them in particular. We can see this from the Talmud in Obadiah Zarah 37 to 43. And now the explanation which I'm giving you comes from the weekly Dav put out by Or Sameach, Rabbi Mendel Weinbach. And he explains the conclusion of the Gemara, and that is the Oral Torah, is that the prohibition against food cooked by a non-Jew is of rabbinic origin. And the ruling is given either to discourage intimacy and dining with non-Jews, which may lead to eating their non-kosher food, and that's the opinion of Rashi, or to discourage the social contact, which may lead to intermarriage. And so ultimately, in the end, in Acts chapter 10, we can see that Peter understood what the God of Israel was trying to communicate to him because he then says in Acts chapter 10, verse 28, he said, you know how that it is an unlawful thing according to the rabbis, not according to the written Torah that Yeshua gave to Moses, for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come into one of another nation that is a non-Jew. And so we gave you the rabbinical explanation of why they teach that. And then he says, but God has shown me that I should not call any man that is a non-Jew, in particular that believes that Yeshua is the Messiah, who is devout and who is a God 
fear. And we see that those words means that in believing in Yeshua as the Messiah, they sought to follow the written Torah, but not the Torah of the rabbis. That I should not call any man common or unclean, but I should rise, kill, and eat. I should have table fellowship with these people. And so this is going to conclude our teaching and what we are showing you and giving you many examples of that the issue that Paul is addressing primarily to his non-Jewish audience who believes that Yeshua is the Messiah is not if they should follow the Torah or believe in Yeshua, but the issue that he is addressing with them is the proper way to follow the Torah. That because these non-Jews were attending synagogue on the Sabbath, as we can see as Paul's going from place to place in the book of Acts, they were being taught or they were influenced by Jews who did not believe in Yeshua as the Messiah to follow the Torah according to the teachings of the rabbis or Pharisaic Judaism or oral Torah, whereas a part of rabbinical teaching, uh, rabbis teach that you must follow their rulings if you're going to correctly follow and believe the Torah of God. And this was in contrast to how Paul was personally living his life, where he testified in Romans chapter 7, verse 22, I delight in the Torah of God after the inward man. And through revelation of Yeshua as Messiah and seeing Yeshua in the Torah, he examined Abraham's life and understood through Abraham's life and example the proper way to follow the Torah as is amplified by the prophets that when you come to Yeshua as the Messiah, you repent of your sins and you accept Yeshua as your Savior and Lord and receive his shed blood for the forgiveness of your sins, that in doing so, you show forth a circumcised heart. You also show forth a circumcised heart if you're a non-Jew as he explained in Romans chapter 2 whenever you are not a hearer of the Torah, but the doer of the Torah. And just as Paul was seeking to express his faith in Yeshua by following his Torah, but being doing so by the Holy Spirit, that is how Paul is desiring for these non-Jewish believers in Yeshua in the book of Galatians to live their lives on a daily basis, is to believe in Yeshua and follow his Torah by the Holy Spirit, which is the new covenant, rather than being influenced like Peter was influenced to follow the Torah according to how it's taught by the rabbis who put the oral law above the written law and furthermore don't believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. And by following the rabbis, you're departing from following the Messiah. They were influenced and teach you to depart from Yeshua and believing in Yeshua as the Messiah. And thus, as Paul said, in doing so, by following the rabbis, you would be perverting the teachings of Messiah, the gospel of Messiah, and those who would be advocating you to follow the rabbis and their teachings and submit to rabbinical authority. They were troubling non-Jewish believers in Yeshua as the Messiah to express their faith in this way. And so this is the issue that Yeshua encountered in his ministry from Matthew chapter 15 verses 1 and 2. This is the issue that Paul and Barnabas 
was contending with in Acts chapter 15 with other Pharisaic believers in Yeshua as Messiah. And Paul had to deal with this issue as he writes his letters to Romans, to Philippians, to Colossians, to Galatians, etc. The key to understanding it properly is to do so from a Hebraic background. Well, that's going to conclude part 7 of the series on the subject Galatians for or against Torah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.